The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. Last week, there was no podcast because I was on vacation. The parents came out from New York, and I did a lot of work outside with my father, and I think both of us ended up with uh, some back pain and uh, a little bit of pride in the way things turned out. But none of you care about that, but that's why there was no podcast. This week, we're back in action. There's plenty to talk about. You'd think that the NFL would slow down after the draft, right? Free agency, the schedule comes out, the draft happens, there's rookie mini camps right away, and everything kind of settles. And then on a slow news day, out of left field, Antonio Brown decides he's not going to report to OTAs. Now, look, they're voluntary, it's got to be set off the top. But Antonio Brown, a guy who screamed and kicked and yelled that he had to get out of Pittsburgh, now gets to Oakland. Gets $30 million added into a contract. It still had three years remaining on it. The Raiders didn't have to do that. Gets all this extra money, and he doesn't bother to show up. So that, that's where we are now here as we record this on a Tuesday afternoon. Antonio Brown not bothering to show up for OTAs in Oakland. No, and uh, I think that the Raiders, they, they need some blame here too because isn't this the exact reason that John Gruden was like, guess what, Cleo Mack doesn't fit the Raider way. You know, he's not part of Raider Nation if you're not going to show up. And now he's got Antonio Brown doing the same thing, which again, I mean, players do this all the time. Though. Like this isn't exclusive to Antonio Brown. It's just more notable because of all the context here. But the fact that this has happened with, to John Gruden and this was a main motivating factor for one of the dumbest trades I've ever seen in my entire life. He can win all the analytics awards from Daryl Morey. I don't care. It was a stupid, stupid trade. They've already seemingly wasted the picks that they got because we saw what they did in the draft. Neither of us were impressed. Still not impressed. We're going to come to the end of the season. Probably not going to be impressed then either. 
They're a disaster, and thank God they exist for the entertainment value. This team was made for Vegas. And we're going to talk about a lot of other things. We're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. We're going to talk about the Jets, the massive dysfunction that is the Jets. And we're going to talk about Gerald McCoy, and and Hill can give a eulogy, and then we can go forward. Um, But look, you're right about Antonio Brown. A lot of players in the NFL, especially star players, they don't show up to voluntary OTAs. And when we say a lot, we're probably talking about maybe a half dozen to ten or so around the league. That's notable, and that's fine. Tom Brady, I believe it was last year, didn't show up to OTAs, and things turned out okay. But this is different for a few reasons. First of all, it's your first year there. Mm -hmm. Get your rear end to OTAs. It's not that hard. He's had more than enough time spent tweeting nonstop about everybody and then he doesn't bother to show up. It shows no leadership, okay? And for people who say, well, he doesn't have to be a leader. Look, they threw $30 million into his paychecks, and he's turning 31 years old on a team that has stunk to high heaven for, for the larger part of the last 15 years. Yeah, Antonio Brown ought to show up. And as far as I'm concerned, this kind of nonsense is why everybody always looks at the Raiders and says, well, they're talented, they've got talent, they've got guys, and they stink year in and year out. Because they have guys like this. And you know what? At the end of Al Davis's life, and Al Davis is one of the great personnel men in NFL history, but by the end of it all, they were always bringing in guys like Warren Sapp, mm-hmm. right? The older stars who already got paid, who don't have a ton to prove in their own mind, who don't really care if they win or lose at this point. Now, look, maybe Brown still cares if he wins or loses. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's never even uh, been to one. Uh, but, but the point is, like, when you go that far and you trade a couple of picks, and you give that kind of currency on top of the contract that's already in place, you expect the guy to show up. And you mentioned Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had a reason not to show up. Mm -hmm. He had one year left on his deal. What excuse does Antonio (laughs) Brown have for not showing up? And this is why whenever somebody, and we already saw it earlier, I won't say you did it, whenever somebody picks the Raiders to make the playoffs or to Mm -hmm. win the division, just spare me. Because you know what? You look in the Chargers camp right now. Look in the Chiefs camp right now. You know who's there? Everybody. I think the only player missing on either one of those two teams is Chris Jones, and it's because they're working on an extension. That is it. Everybody else is there, and they're happy, and they're fine. And the Raiders, who stink, don't have Antonio Brown there. because He can't be bothered to get off Twitter. I'm looking at the Raiders' depth chart. And I'm trying to find... Is it just a frown on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, it froze my computer, and so it has to restart. Um, No, the... Because you mentioned Antonio Brown as a leader, and that got me to thinking, I'm like, who is the leader of the team? Derek Carr is the de facto leader because he's the quarterback, so you go... Right, but he's not good enough, and and Gruden belittles him all the time, so he's not really the leader in that locker There's There's nobody on this roster that sticks out to you where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the leader. Because you could go through even, even like the Cardinals. They've got a leader somewhere on there. Fitzgerald. Yeah. So, well, yeah. There you go, Larry Fitzgerald. So, or Peterson, or or Peterson. Every single team has a leader. Even the Bucks have a leader. Like, well, Gerald McCoy was the leader, and we'll get to that. But like, even a bad team has somebody who you can look to and be like, all right, fine. There's an adult in the room. I think Mike Mayock is the closest thing to that, and he's sitting up in the press box. Like, so Antonio Brown, he's not it. The closest I can see here. It's like LaMarcus Joyner or Carl Joseph because they, yeah, they're just older. Like there's, there's nothing well, here. And, and look, that brings up the point, too. Normally, it's your quarterback if you have an upper echelon quarterback. But mm-hmm. the Raiders don't because Derek Carr's not terrible, but he's not a guy who players are going to rally around. Mm-hmm. I would actually argue it's somebody like Rodney Hudson or Gabe Jackson, maybe one of the offensive linemen. Yeah. But look, 
when you're when you're viewing this roster, Antonio Brown is the most talented player, the most decorated player mm-hmm. on it. He, because of that, is going to be looked upon, especially by the younger players, as the guy to look up to, the guy who, hey, we should prepare the way he prepares. We should play the way he plays. They're going to follow his lead. And when he doesn't show up to OTAs, there's a lot of first and second and third-year guys going, well, if he doesn't show up and he's just great, why do I show up? Clearly, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's not important. When you look around the league, the best teams, the guys show up. Edelman and Brady, they're always practicing together during the offseason. And typically, Brady did miss last year, but he's almost always at OTAs. Edelman's always there. You look in New Orleans. Drew Brees is at OTAs. He's there. Mm-hmm. The Chargers mentioned them earlier. Phillip Rivers, he's there. The Chiefs, I mean, you look at guys like a Mahomes, like a Kelsey, they're there. They're in the building. And if, if Antonio Brown's not showing up and you have this young team who's looking for guidance, who's looking for leadership, they're looking at their best player who has no excuse not to be there, who just decided, I'm good. I don't need to be there. I'll see you guys when uh, mandatory minicamp rolls around. Then I'll be gone again until training camp. It's a, it's a horrible message to send. Yeah, there, it's not only that. It's this idea, because it's been said a million times, both by us and by everybody else with eyes and a working brain, that Ben Roethlisberger bailed out Antonio Brown on a number of different occasions when Antonio Brown would freelance on routes. And that's one of the reasons why the rumors about him getting traded to San Francisco were never going to work. Because Kyle Shanahan is not going to let somebody take his playbook and go, nah, I'm going to try this. You, you run Kyle Shanahan's plays. That's why that was never going to work. It especially wouldn't have worked because say he gets traded to San Francisco, we'd be like, all right, fine. Maybe he can freelance in his routes if he works with Garoppolo in the offseason. He's not doing that. And that applies to Oakland. He's going to freelance on routes in the, during the season. He's going to go wherever he wants to. And Derek Carr isn't going to be able to find them, A, because he's not Ben Roethlisberger, and B... If you're on a new team, you're not going to work with the quarterback and be like, let's, let's get a rapport going. Let's, let's go back and forth. Let's get a relationship. Let's get, build some chemistry. And going back to the leadership thing, if Antonio Brown was a leader, he'd impart some of that onto Derek Carr and block some of this belittling that John Gruden does to be like, yeah, okay, John Gruden, Gruden's being Gruden, but Derek's my guy. Yeah. He's your guy too. Let's all get behind him. And he's not doing that. And that's just no. deeply disappointing. I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, the whole thing is a train wreck. And you know what? The Raiders are more talented this year than they were last year. Oh, yeah. There's no question, right? They add Tyrell Williams, add Antonio Brown. They, they go on the defensive side of the ball. They get a guy like Cleveland Farrell, fourth overall. We can say it's a reach, and it, it was a reach, but he's still a good young player. All right, LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah. And you know what? None of it's going to matter. Because the coach is a crap show. The best player on the team is a, is a one-man circus who seemingly can't get over the fact that he and the Steelers are no longer an item. Tweets about him every single day. Yesterday he tweeted it about never, him. It never stops. It's insane. If I was Mike Mayock, I would be, can you stop, please? Mm-hmm. You're not in Pittsburgh anymore. <laughs> Enough. You, you screamed and yelled and kicked that you wanted out. And now you're out. And I have a feeling Antonio Brown, probably a little bit of remorse. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's thrilled he got $30 million, but he's probably looking at the talent level around him now and going, that's not the same. So good luck with that. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm, the, Raiders, the Raiders and the Broncos are in a race for third place and a distant third in the AFC West. So just cut the nonsense about how they're going to be so much better. And they're, they're better in talent-wise only. Mm-hmm. They're not better in terms of anything that matters once they get on the field come September, because they have no leadership. 
The quarterback is still middling at best. And the defense stinks. So, look, Antonio Brown could have really helped by making this his team and saying, look, guys, I know how to be great. I know how to get to the playoffs. I know how to win the division. And I'm going to show you guys the route to do that. And he hasn't done that. And so, for me, he'll, I'm sure, put up some statistics, but they're not going to win a lot of games. And this is indicative of one of the reasons why. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the Jets next, but I want to wrap this up with, I don't think that there is a race to third place for the Broncos and the Raiders. It's firmly the Broncos in third place because they have a coach who kind of seems to know what he's doing. Vic Fangio's in his first year, but I mean, he's, he's been around the block a couple of times and he's established himself recently, as recently as last year, that he can do this, where Gruden came from the Monday Night Football booth and hadn't done anything since 2002. Like, let's be real. After Still the, the Super Bowl, didn't do anything. And he did that with Dungy's team. And then the other reason is the Broncos have a leader. They've got Von Miller. True. There you go. True. I, I can't argue any of that. I like their defense. But, all right. You mentioned it. Let's go right into it. Tear off the Band-Aid. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the Jets. Uh, now, look. We won't rehash everything that happened because, obviously, it happened in the last few days. So you already know. We can kind of spin it forward. Mike McCagnan, the GM, he gets fired. Adam Gase gets the interim tag as a GM somehow, despite not having one iota of front office experience <laughs> and having never coached the game for the Jets. Uh the second he takes over, they trade Darren Lee for a sixth-round pick to the Chiefs. Look, mm-hmm. Lee's been disappointing. The Chiefs for months have been trying to get Darren Lee. I reported six weeks ago that Darren Lee was on the block. Uh, I mean, th- this has been common knowledge, but the Jets were holding out, hoping for an early day three pick. Gase trades him for 10 cents on the dollar. They get a sixth. And once you factor in compensatory picks, the value is really like a seventh-round pick. So they give away Lee. Then all the stuff starts leaking out that they don't, that Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell at the price they paid, and that John Clayton, formerly of ESPN, now the Washington Post, is saying, hey, Bell's on the block. If the Jets get a good enough offer, they would trade him. This, of course, before he takes one single snap for the Jets in any real capacity. So, for about a month there, as a lot of people have already said, and being from New York, I, I think I have a pretty good idea of how this is all going to play out. The Jets have always been a joke, at least in the last 10 to 12 years, other than maybe a two-year window where they had something with Rex Ryan. And the Giants have always been the model franchise. And the Giants became a joke with Gettleman. And it looked like the Jets actually were somewhat competent. (laughs) And then it was almost like the Jets were like, you think you're less competent than we are? The hell you are. (laughs) We're less competent. And the brawl took place, and the winner is to be decided. But the point is, the Jets, a train wreck. Uh, yeah, and kind of out of nowhere a train wreck. At least we could see the writing on the wall for the Giants a little bit because Gettleman was flirting with disaster when he was like, oh, Odell's our guy, and then he trades Odell, and then he's like, guess what? Maybe we're going to extend Eli Manning, which I thought was the kiss of death. I was like, my God, they're going to cut Eli now. <laughs> this is just how he operates. But then, you know, the Daniel Jones thing. Look, I... Part of me wants to see this work because I feel, and a lot of people feel, like Adam Gase got a bad shake in Miami because he was saddled with a team that he didn't get to build. Now I think this is an, I think maybe that scarred him a little bit, and this is a ferocious overcorrection by him where he went from having absolutely no power in Miami to control his future to now all of a sudden he has the entire keys to the building and he just wants to open up every single door. Like trading Lee for what they traded him for, I mean, you couldn't just hung on to him and traded him at the deadline. Like, you couldn't have just seen if a guy who's 24 years old I mean, could still play. Like first-round pick but three years ago. You watched the film. Look, the first years of his career was terrible. Last year, he made some pretty significant strides, especially in coverage. He had three interceptions. He played well. He can cover a tight end, cover it back. 
and it just kills me. The Jets were just like, ah, we don't, we can't use him. We, I mean, not even as a sub package guy, nothing. Like, I, not even give him a shot in this new defense with Greg Williams. It just to me makes no sense. It wasn't like they were paying him a mint. They have more cap space and they know what to do with. Look, as far as I'm concerned with the Jets, the thing that kills me the most is not firing McCagden because McCagden did a terrible job. Yeah. And people will say, well, why fire him this late? And I agree with that. But we've seen that happen before. The Bills did the, it. The Bills did it with Whaley. The Chiefs did it with Dorsey. Mm, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Panthers... At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Did it a couple of years ago. Didn't, didn't Gettleman get fired later on? Something like that. I believe, so it's happened. Point is, it's happened many times before. But to turn over the GM tag, I know it's an interim tag, but to give it to Gase, what... What credibility does he have? What has he ever done? Now, I agree with you. He had a raw shake in Miami. That team stunk. And the problem Gase had, I think, in Miami was Stephen Ross, the owner there, is an absentee owner. Mm-hmm. He's not involved. He doesn't, he doesn't really get into the day-to-day operations. And then Gase, I think, made the mistake of when he got fired, he wanted to get right back in the game. And I get it. Look, the Jets offered him a head coaching gig. It's hard to turn that down. Yeah. But he went from one absentee owner to another. Woody Johnson's the ambassador of like the United Kingdom. <laughs> and Chris Johnson, his brother, he has nothing to do he has, with, with football. He has no idea how this whole thing runs. I think that's pretty evident over the last week. So I think Gates looked at this and said, hey, I just dealt with an absentee owner in Miami where I had no power and I pretty much got screwed. Well, guess what? I can force Mike McCagnan out and I'm going to have power here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run this whole thing now. That, I don't think that's going to work out very well because Adam Gase has zero track record of ever being a good head coach, being anything in the front office, period. But I think that's what you're looking at. I just, if you're the Jets, the, the whole week was a catastrophe. Then they'll leak this stuff about Bell. That, that's the thing. That's what kills oh. me because, I mean, people weren't that crazy about the signing at the time. It was like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, what. What else do you have on offense? Like, Le'Veon Bell's not going to be that far. Gives you hard. a star. It gives you a star. But it's like, is he the star you want to build around? We didn't see that work so much in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was like, we don't need to build around this guy. And they literally replaced him with James Conner, which he's not the same player as Le'Veon Bell, but he was almost as effective in that offense. He was good. So, to me, the thing is... Le'Veon Bell and creating this rift before, like you said, he even takes a single carry in a Jets uniform. is That's, that's what concerns me. Giving Gaze the interim in, uh, general manager tag right away, I was like, all right, fine, maybe there's a grace period. Let's see how this works out. But then his first two moves are to not block out this, these rumors leaking out that he didn't want Bell and to not like counteract it and be like, no, 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 this is, this is bull crap. Like he's our guy. I want him here. He's our running back. Like you said, he's our star that we're going to use to make Sam Darnold our next star. He didn't say any of that. He's just sitting back. And I think he's going to try and do this Belichick thing, which is actually the most hilarious thing ever because he's not a Belichick guy. It never works anywhere. It never works. How's Matt Patricia doing? And Gase has never seen it firsthand. Yeah, oh, just Ugh. the only time he saw it was when he was getting beat across the <laughs> field. Okay, except for the Miami Miracle. Got a good on him there. 
I just don't understand. Look, the Bell thing's clearly coming from the Jets, and more specifically, Gaze. Mm-hmm. This whole—I mean, Bell's not leaking it out. Oh, so no. it's it's coming out of Gaze. Hey, I don't want him here for this amount of money. I wouldn't assign them for this amount. Well, guess what? You have him. Yeah. So shut up and coach him. He's an all-pro player. He's 27 years old, and for, quite honestly, he's the best player you've got by a mile yep. offensively. Because I'm sorry, Quincy Nunwa and Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson—they're all fine. But you're not, no defensive coordinator is staying up at night going, geez, I don't know how we're going to stop them. They, but they sure as hell feel that way about Le'Veon Bell. He's the best thing that could have happened to Sam Darnold beyond building up the offensive line. And so if you're Adam Gase, just coach him. That's it. Don't worry about the dollars and cents. It's all imaginary anyway in the NFL because you can manipulate the cap a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Worry about the player at him. And in reality, by the way, if you look at his contract, it's really a two-year deal. Yeah. So the Jets are fine. Okay, they're fine. They're going to get out of the deal if they have to before he's 30 years old. They're paying him a good amount of money. But you know what? In the next two years, three running backs will probably sign for more money than he's making. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, if you're Gase, what benefit this has. Now your best player, at least offensively, you can argue Jamal Adams, but your, your best offensive player now knows you don't even want him there. That's a great way to get things kicked off. This franchise has done nothing. Has not gone to a Super Bowl in 51 years. Okay? And it... Yeah. And since the beginning stages of Mark Sanchez, it's really done nothing. I haven't made the playoffs. So I, I laugh at Gase being the interim GM. It just shows they have no idea what's going on in terms of how they should be running a personnel office. They're going to probably hire Joe Douglas, the vice president of player personnel from the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a rumor going around the league. A lot of people are saying, hey, the, the Rooney rule at this point is being treated as a sham. Yeah. Because Douglas, uh, obviously white. Um and people are saying, why should a, a minority candidate even earn you for this job? There's no chance. So, and then you hear this stuff about Peyton Manning. <laughs> I mean, the Jets, are they kidding with this? Nothing against Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has been a quarterback his entire career, and he's a brilliant football mind, but come on now. You kidding? He's no ties to organization. Like, go hire someone who's well-connected within the league, who's a personnel man. Go get that guy. Because you know what that guy's going to bring with you? He's going to bring really good scouts. And he's going to bring really good intel. You're not getting that from Peyton Manning because he's not been in the league for three years and, he's, and he doesn't know a lot of these people beyond just the, hey, how you doing? So the, the Jets just do things continuously that you don't get. The Bell stuff to me just is the, is the absolute icing on the cake because it doesn't make any sense. It, there's no benefit for them to leak that stuff out. Absolutely none. You mentioned that the Jets didn't have any offensive weapons for people to be game planning for. You're obviously overlooking Christopher Herndon the fourth. Of course, <laughs> I'm not even. Don't kidding. sleep on Trevon Wesco, the fullback. Oh my god, who's on a four-year, nineteen million dollar deal, by the way. No, Chris Herndon. Does he have a thousand yards receiving? No, probably not. No, he's terrible. Eric Tomlinson. <laughs> he says hello. I don't know who that is. God, did hey. you, but I will say this about the Jets, though. But this has kind of been their thing because when Todd Bowles was there. We were like, oh, he, all right, he's going to install something here with the defense. And defensively, they weren't terrible. I mean, they didn't get Never better. had the pass rush they needed but on the outside. He, he brought in Jamal Adams, and he, he put guys in place there. Now with Greg Williams, you look at that offensive line, or the defensive line, Leonard Williams, Quinnen Williams. Right. And then the, the linebackers, they get C.J. Mosley. You've got guys back there, Adams, who we've talked about. I feel like this is going to be like what the Bills did last year, but – a little bit worse, where we're like, hey, the defense isn't that bad. The rest of the team is trash, and they're not going to go to the playoffs. They're not going to win many games, but they're going to have like one saving grace. 
the unfortunately they play in the New York media market, so this is gonna be which well, is the other factor in this. You just teed me up because I will tell you this. I'm 30 years old. First 25 years of my life, 26 years of my life, I lived in New York. And I will tell you right now, Adam Gase thinks this is going to be like Miami. He's got another thing coming. Because in New York, they will kill him after three games. If that team's 0-3 to start the year, 0-2 or 1-4, they're going to be screaming for him to get fired. In fact, if Adam Gase was smart, he'd reach out to some of the big media influencers in that city. Mm. Daily News, Newsday, so on and so forth. He'd start currying a little bit of favor with some of these reporters and these writers. Because believe me, when the New York media turns its guns on you, <laughs> you're done. I, I've seen it happen in multiple sports over and over and over and over. They will get him fired. They will get him fired because fans will read it voraciously. Then they'll call up WFAN and they'll scream <laughs> their heads off that he needs to be fired. And Francesca, Mike Francesca, who say whatever you want about him, has a lot of influence in New York. Okay. He's already killing the Jets. If I was Gase, I'd be going on his show. I'd be ta- I mean, whatever you can do. Because if they start poorly after this, uh, or I can't say, this, this uh, crap show, <laughs> if that goes south and he doesn't curry some favor, he's in a lot of trouble. I would not be shocked at all if this is a one-and-done situation. I, I just... This isn't going to be Miami where it's like, oh, you went 6-10 and 10 again. That's okay. It's 85 degrees out in January. It's going to be, it's 15 degrees. It's December. We're 3-11 and 11 and I'm pissed. And I'm going to sit down and write a column saying that you need to be fired yesterday. And then the other three columnists in the city are going to go, you know what? I think you should be fired too. And then Francesca's going to say it. And before you know it, they're going to be having another press conference. It is a rough start for Adam Gase. He also picked a very terrible time to do this in New York because the Giants are crap. Yeah, the Knicks are crap. The Yankees are the only thing that aren't a complete dumpster fire. The Mets. I, I mean, this the is Mets, a, yeah. this isn't a uh, baseball podcast, but the Mets. This is a dark wow. period for New York sports. Not that I'm necessarily upset about that. I don't think many people are crying many tears for the New York sports fan. Who is the second best team right now in New York, in, in the city? Because I know I'm, I, I can already see the text. Buffalo. No, no. Like, in the city? In the, in the metropolitan area. The second best team? Second best team. The Yankees are obviously one. One. I would say the top three are Yankees, Islanders, Nets. Yeah. You know what the sad part is? I'm from New York. Islanders and Nets didn't even enter my consciousness. <laughs> like, didn't you, like, literally forgot that both those teams were even teams. And I'm a huge hockey fan. I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't want to talk about that. But the best thing that happened for, for New York fans, because most of them are Knicks fans, is that Durant goes to the Knicks. Oh, God, yeah. And then that they get, like... Anthony Davis in like a trade that includes like Nilakita and Knox, RJ Barrett and some picks, and then they sign like Kemba Walker or something. Because then, then at least you're fun. <laughs> but the way it's going, you're getting Jimmy Butler oh, and, yeah. and you know, somehow I don't know, like RJ Barrett'll turn into a like Frank Nilakita light and it, it'd be terrible. But in any event, we move on. But in New York sports right now, it's Yikes. uh I mean you mentioned the Islanders and Nets, and I'm not trying to knock <laughs> Those two franchises. I actually always kind of root. I have soft spot for the Islanders, but I mean, be- at it. I like, can't wait until people in New York don't even know the Nets exist, and they're, they're one of the top three right now. I mean, I went to the playoffs last year or this year, I right? Guess. And nobody knows. My favorite part about this is there's like growing rumors. The same way that there were growing rumors about, oh, it's crazy. There's no way Kevin Durant's going to go to the Warriors. There's like growing rumors that he's going to go to New York and play for the Nets. That'd be the biggest middle finger to Dolan and the Knicks. Could you imagine after no. all of this? 
the Nets are the ones that get Kevin Durant. He comes to New York and he's playing with the Nets. I, I my, my prediction, then we'll go back because people right now are listening going, <laughs> you're not a basketball podcast. Um, I think they will get the rant. I think he'll go to the yeah. Knicks. Um, I think Kyrie Irving's going to go to the Nets. That's my feeling. And I, I actually want to also throw out Bill Simmons was saying something either very similar or the exact same, but I, I agree with him. I think that's how it will play out. Mm. Um, but in any event, who cares, right? We're talking about football. We can here. talk about the Cowboys uh, now because yeah, oh boy. <laughs> All right, so the Cowboys, uh, in case you missed this, so over the weekend, Ezekiel Elliott got into a little bit of an altercation outside of a Vegas nightclub. Um, did not, and it's important, look, pay attention to the wording. He didn't put his hands on his girlfriend in a violent manner outside of, his night, outside of the nightclub in question. However, he did block her with his body from kind of getting away from him. They're having an argument. Um, then there was some event staff there. He got into a, a verbal altercation with one of the event staffers before he kind of chest bumped them up against what looked to be like a bike rail, like one of those metal guard rails. And then he forearmed the guy and knocked him to the ground. At that point, he was put in handcuffs by the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He was not arrested. He was just detained. It was just to calm the situation down. But that was the end of that. Now, was it the end of that? Because, okay, doesn't seem like anything serious is coming out of this in terms of any kind of legal charges. Nobody was significantly hurt, anything like that. But Elliot was suspended six games a couple mm-hmm. of years back. In the letter to Ezekiel Elliott from Roger Goodell, Goodell explicitly put, look, you are not to have any more run-ins with the law. There is not to be any more issues like this. Well, does this qualify? Because if it qualifies, now you're looking at a situation where he, could he be suspended again? Yeah. And, and the Cowboys, look, from a football standpoint, they cannot lose Ezekiel Elliott. They, who? Amari Cooper and what? So I'm fascinated to see how this all plays out, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott finds himself in the news for all the wrong reasons. He does. And it reminds me that the power of the NFL spin machine is one of the most powerful forces in the entire universe. I don't think that NASA is ever going to be able to describe the physics that goes into that. Because we're sitting here talking about Ezekiel Elliott and this letter that he got from Goodell. And now we got this new incident coming out. And this is honestly, maybe this is, says more about me than it does about anything else. Or the perception, the male perception of these types of things. But this is the first time I've thought about Tyreek Hill since all of that stuff happened. You want to talk about things blowing over? Like, that was a huge deal. Now we're not even thinking about it again. And that was without Jerry Jones's influence. This is going to have Jerry Jones's influence all over it again. Ezekiel Elliott has two years left on his contract. This year and next year, he's a free agent in 2021. Jerry Jones is not going to allow these last two years of that contract to be wasted, especially when they went to the playoffs last year, especially with the team looking as up as it's looking. We don't know what the Eagles are going to look like. I was listening to Robert Mays and Kevin Clark, and they both kind of hesitantly came to the conclusion that maybe the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year, which I don't disagree with when you look at the moves that they made in the roster that they have. But we don't know what they're going to be. The Cowboys, we don't know what they're going to be. That NFC East is kind of up in the air. Jerry Jones is not going to let Roger Goodell decide how this era ends. Because, I mean... Jerry Jones is the guy that I'm going to, you know, say, ooh, I don't want to feel bad saying this, but Jerry Jones doesn't have a lot of years left. Like he's, he wants, Man's not 30. He wants to win before he goes, and he's going to be damned if Goodell calls those shots. No way. I saw Jerry Jones in Indianapolis um, 
Let's just say in the wee hours. <laughs> Jerry is uh, still going strong. Young at heart. Very young <laughs> at heart. Um, and it was, I, I'm, I won't get into it because it's a, kind of a behind closed doors thing, but there was a place we all ended up at in Indianapolis and one thing led to another and ended up in uh, Jerry's area of this establishment. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Uh, with a buddy of mine who also works in the league, and we had a we had a very nice evening, and I think it's safe to say that the Jerry was also enjoying the evening. The bus was parked outside. It was, it, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, so he's still, he's still rolling right along. But yeah, look, as far as football is concerned, if Z gets suspended, they're in major trouble because they, he's the bell cow of their offense. They are one of the few offenses in the league that really they revolve around their running back um, and their running game. And so I don't know if he gets suspended off of this. There's part of me that says every time there's video, man, Mm-hmm. Like every time there's video makes it exponentially worse. If you had just read this and said, okay, you know what? Nobody got arrested. He didn't, he didn't assault a woman in this case. You know, he, he was maybe angry, you know, maybe shoved the guy, but doesn't seem, but every time there's video, it always makes it worse because it just plays over and over and over and over. So I don't know that he gets suspended, but I think there's a chance um, it helps him that he wasn't arrested. He hasn't been charged with anything. Um, but look, the NFL's got some some cases on its hands that are tough. I mean, this is one where you say, okay, well, what did he do exactly? Is it a suspendable offense? The Tyree Kill situation, look, that that is so complicated. We could go into it and talk for an hour. We don't have to mm-hmm. do that. But obviously, if you've been following along, there's a lot of different layers to the Tyree Kill stuff. He hasn't been charged with anything. However, there's the audio of him seemingly threatening his fiancée, who he struck when she was pregnant when they were at Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean, I don't know how the NFL handles these things. Obviously, the Elliott thing is a lot less serious in nature, at least it appears to be, than the Tyreek Hill situation. Um, My guess is that Elliott will not be suspended. Mm. Um but I wouldn't put money on that. No. I Because I go back to the, there's two years left on his contract. How long can you? Because after the two years are up on his contract, I don't think Jerry cares. Like once, once he loses Jerry's protection, it's, it's anybody's game. But it's those two years. How long can he drag this out? Because we saw him the first time drag it out. It didn't last that long. He ended up getting suspended at the wrong time for the Cowboys. But, man, this is... Because then the other question is, say he gets suspended. He's got two suspensions for this stuff on his record. He's going to get signed to his second team if the Cowboys, and probably when the Cowboys let him go. Like, how does that factor into the decision? Like, you're signing him, and it's like, and then we're bumping up against the point where we have multiple suspensions. At what point is Ezekiel Elliott the you know, dark horse favorite, the unexpected guy who right. ends up getting a lifetime ban for this kind of stuff. Like he's, he's inching up to inviting Roger Goodell to make an example out of him. And the only thing protecting him, I think is Jerry Jones. 
I mean, for me, I'll wrap it here with, and you led perfectly into it is. So Zeke has this year and one year left. Uh, problem is now, if you're the Cowboys, you're looking at this going, okay, man, enough with this kind of behavior. Like, if you want to get paid, and let's face it, when he comes to get paid, he's going to be the highest paid running back in NFL oh, history. Yeah. Two rushing titles in three years. going to get paid. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm looking at this going, okay, we got you this year. You got you next year on the fifth-year option. We can just play out the tag. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm not signing Ezekiel Elliott long-term. For what? Why? Running backs are a dime a dozen in the NFL. I'm paying Cooper, and I'm paying Prescott. And guess what? When, it, when the time comes, I'm paying Leighton Van Der Esch. Oh, yeah. I already paid Demarcus Lawrence, right? So I'm, you know, I'm worried about those because I'm paying Byron Jones, my top corner. I'm not paying Ezekiel Elliott. He's a, he's a player who plays at a re, at a replaceable position. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly getting into all this nonsense. I, so to me, that is the bigger takeaway here, is that he continues to jeopardize any chance he has of a long-term future with the Cowboys. Uh, and finally, let's, uh, let's go to your Bucks. We don't typically talk about the Bucks in the offseason. For good reason. And for very good reason. But Gerald McCoy... Long-time Hill favorite uh, has been put out the pasture, so to speak. But he's been replaced as we were doing this podcast, as we're doing this podcast, with Indomitian Sue. One-year deal. Mr. Sue goes to Tampa. So you're the second and third overall picks in that draft. Uh, both involved with your franchise in a matter of hours. First, thoughts on the McCoy release. Second, thoughts on Sue. Well, as we're... Uh... As you're saying that, I'm currently making a meme of LeBron yelling at uh, J.R. Smith with the highlight being people saying that Ndamukong Sue is better than or is the same player as Gerald McCoy. He's not. And this is, this is a sentiment that people need to come to and realize that Gerald McCoy, was, or when, when healthy, which is something you have to preface here, when healthy was one of the best defensive tackles in the last five, six, seven years. He was phenomenal. He's an all-pro, pro bowler. If he was on a winning team, if he wasn't trapped in the doldrums of Tampa and that market and that franchise, we're talking about him right now a lot differently than we are. We're talking about him and appreciating him for the potential future Hall of Famer that he could be. He's in a, But instead of being a guy where we're like, oh, this is one, how did one of the best defensive tackles in football end up getting released? He's in a position where he is another in a long line of like Detroit Lion light-esque moves where this franchise has run a franchise player out of town. Now, it's not, a, it's not like they're ending on bad terms, but if I'm Gerald McCoy, I'm not necessarily happy that I had to spend my entire career and break my body playing for the Buccaneers. I'm not happy about that. And he follows, you know, Warwick Dunn's on that list. You've got Rondé Barber was on that list for a while, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But you've got these guys. Mike Evans, I fear, is going to be the next one, where you have these generational talents who are just getting wasted in Tampa. That's, I mean, that's a long way of saying that I'm not happy that Gerald McCoy is gone, but I'm also not happy that the way that he was treated when he was there. It's not as though this is some huge thing. The question with him is, where is he going to go? New England? Is he going to go to Cleveland? Is Dallas one of these teams that are actually going to, A, put him in a limelight where we're going to all finally say, damn, he's really good. And he can win. Two things he wasn't going to get in Tampa, which 
Welcome to town, and Dominican Sue. This is what you're getting into. He is not Gerald McCoy. I think he's going to, I guess he'll work, but he wasn't incredibly effective in Los Angeles last year. It's not like he stood out. He hasn't been notable since he's been in Detroit. And that's when he, you know, he was stepping on guys nuts during Thanksgiving games and stuff it was. like that. So, look, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it because it is, like you said, you're replacing McCoy with Sue, and they're similar players. It's not like there's a huge drop-off between the two. But McCoy is significantly better than Sue is at this point in his career. And I guess he's a better scheme fit. I don't know. It's... I'm, I'm conflicted about it because McCoy was that franchise guy. He was the face of the franchise, and this is now an entirely new team. This is in a completely different era that we're entering with, with the Buccaneers, and me and all five of the other fans are really concerned. Well, you should be. Um, <laughs> you should be. But, look, I'll leave that. You've said it well. Um, I don't have a problem with Sue sign there, but i got to be honest. If I'm the Buccaneers, I'm – I'm just trying to go younger at this point. I'm trying to get some younger yep. blood in there. I'm letting Levante David kind of be the leader. I'm, I'm moving on. But if they feel like Sue can kind of be that mentor that we talked about, Antonio Brown not being in Oakland, if Sue can kind of be that guy, then I get it. I get it. I, I, don't, I don't dislike it. It doesn't make the Buccaneers worse by any stretch. I think, you know, Sue can still play. He's not who he once was, but he's still a talented guy. He was mm-hmm. hell. He was great in the playoffs for the Rams. Uh um, and, and look, Arians is a big personality as the head coach. So I understand that he probably feels like I can keep Sue in the in the lane that I want him to be in, so to speak. Um, as for McCoy, the biggest thing with him, and you know it as well as anybody, is just the injuries. Couldn't stay healthy. He's just got to stay on the field, and he never does. Uh, I, I think he goes to a contender. I, I don't think that's oh, yeah. saying anything that nobody doesn't already know. New England's an obvious fit. Uh, you know, Cleveland's interesting, although, you know, Cleveland's already got a pretty good defensive line. They signed Sheldon Richardson three-year deal. Uh, they, you know, have Olivier Vernon, obviously, Miles Garrett in that front as well. If you're Kansas City, do you try and go out and – because it's kind of the – it's the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to win with depth approach. Right. The Chiefs are pretty deep up front. Now, I'm not saying McCoy would make them better, because he would, but the Chiefs have – the Chiefs spent a third-round pick on Kalen Saunders. They have Derek Nottie, who they really like, played well as a rookie last year. They have Chris Jones – I think McCoy is going to get more money than the Chiefs are willing to give him. Okay. I think the Chargers would be an interesting spot because they need help inside. I know they drafted Tillery in the first round out of Notre Dame. They need another guy. And you put him inside with both San Ingram outside, uh, that'll play. That'll work. So I could see that. You know, I'll tell you what, for me, the best fit would be Indianapolis. Ooh, I like that. Indianapolis needs it, man. Indianapolis needs it. They're 4-3 defense. You know, bring in a guy who can play. Because Indianapolis is the kind of a team that, you know, they get one or two more guys on that team to really contribute. They could push New England and Kansas City. You know, and you want the Chargers in there too, fine, so be it. But I, I, I like him there. And in the NFC, yeah, I mean, what about the Saints? I know it would kill you, Hill. I'm sorry. but you know, <laughs> that would be. I would actually support that because McCoy was like, screwed over so badly when he was in Tampa. It's like, fine. I mean, like Rankins tore his Achilles in the playoffs last year. They yep. need somebody inside. I mean, what about that? Would that be a fit? Would, would, the, would the Rams replace Sue with McCoy? Would it be, be like a swap? That'd be great. I don't think so, but that'd be <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, well, you could stay in that division in the Seahawks. I, I was just going to say the Seahawks, yep. I, they'd be playing next to John Reed. Mm-hmm. So, there, look, there's a lot of fits. When you're that talented, there's a lot of fits. And he's going to get, I'm sure, probably a one-year deal. Maybe, maybe it's dressed up as more than that, but in essence, yeah. it'll be a one-year deal. Um, but, yeah, I... I only question his health. 
Because McCoy's been great his whole career. It's just can he stay healthy, and he has not been able to for very long stretches of time. No, and you just wrap up on his legacy. It's like I mean, his story is not finished being written. He's going to go on and hopefully have a nice coda to his career here. But the fact that he was able to stand out as an All-Pro, a Pro Bowler, this phenomenally generational defensive talent and do that in Tampa, a place that does everything it can to smother out any remnants of light from escaping. That it's is all incredible. Strip malls. It is. It's all strip malls and uh, you, the Corona factory is going to move there pretty soon. So, um, but the fact that he was able to do all that in Tampa, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. Somebody's going to be getting a very good defensive piece of the puzzle, but they're also going to be getting one of the best community players in football. There's, there might not be, if you're power ranking the list of nicest, most likable guys in the NFL, Gerald McCoy's way up there. I mean, we, and we're, we're piggybacking that off of a conversation where you bring up Tyreek Hill and Ezekiel Elliott. And that's a conversation rightfully so around the NFL about domestic violence and really kind of scummy guys being involved in the league, which is true of every business, but you also have the Gerald McCoy's. And the NFL actually has Gerald McCoy. And you look at his Instagram, and the guy's got, like, Batman posters. He's a huge comic book nerd. Yeah. Like, he's an incredible personality. And so when, you're, when we're talking about the football aspect of Tampa's losing that player, you're also losing that guy from the locker room. You're losing that guy from the community. You're losing that guy from everything. So, I mean, it's a, it's a sad day for Tampa. But, you know, Gerald McCoy is one of those things. It's, like I said, and I'll wrap it up with that, another in a long line of Bucks fans aren't going to know what they had until it's gone. Much like when Vinny Testaverde left. Oh, God, put his number in the ring of honor. <laughs> Which McCoy will one day have. He'll come back yes. to Tampa, but it's going to be in the ring uh, of unlike honor. Unlike Vinny Testaverde, he actually will be in the ring of honor. <laughs> um, I, all right, Eric well, Rett Rett says well, hello. <laughs> well put, well said. Um, as always, show is sponsored by Fanatics. Please check out Fanatics. Go to fanatics.fanside.com. Save 20% on shipping when you use the code word fansided. I say it every time, but you can't go wrong. They have everything from memorabilia to... Shirts, sweatshirts, polo shirts, uh, socks, hats, jerseys, uh, T-shirts, jerseys, you name it. It's there. Fanatics has you covered. Um, and, hey, if your team, if you go out and get a jersey and the team then trades the guy, you can return your jersey six months uh, out from the trade, and it, it's fully guaranteed. They'll take care of you. So uh, check out Fanatics. Also, Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to Stack in the Box. Uh, you will get all of these episodes downloaded automatically to your devices. Uh, so you can check us out. We are here just about every single week during the season, certainly every week. In the summer, every once in a blue moon, there's a missed week because, you know, someone's on vacation. Usually it's me skipping out of town. But, uh, <laughs> you know, apologize for that. But we will be here and be in business. Next week, the podcast will be up about midweek. Uh, a little bit later on with the Memorial Day holiday, my anniversary, I'm going out of town. My wife will kill me if I do a podcast or anniversary uh, weekend. So I uh, can't afford that. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Check out fansided.com. Check out the Stack in the Box column on Monday mornings. Uh, always packed with good stuff. At least I hope it's good stuff. And on Fridays, got the Verdams Verdicts, uh, the new mailbag that I'm doing. It's been fun. It's been very Chiefs-centric. I appreciate all my Chiefs followers who appear to be the, the uh, <laughs> vocal portion of my fan base. But, hey, listen, I appreciate everybody who listens to us and, and who follows us on Twitter. And follow Stacking the Box on Twitter at Stacking the Box. So, 
For Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderamp. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again next week. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.